Praise the Lord, podcast listeners. My name is Pastor Joshua Koppel, and today I'll be talking to you about the power of fellowship. Hebrews 10, 24-25 says this, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. In the body of Christ, we should never provoke someone to wrath. You see verses in the Bible about a father provoking his child to wrath, and and that's not a good thing. So we should never provoke others to wrath, but we should provoke them to love and good works. As a friendship grows, we get more vulnerable around that new friend. We get to know each other well enough to do real harm. We could use our words to make fun of them, to tear down their family, or to spread gossip. But the Bible says to use our words to encourage them to be there on Sunday, to encourage them to keep reading their Bible and praying even if they're the only one in their family doing it, to encourage them to keep growing even if it means surpassing their parents or their immature Christian friends. We must invite them to life groups or midweek service and then talk about what we've learned outside of church. That's what we must do as we exhort one another and provoke one another to good works and love. Another part of fellowship comes from 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33, where it says this, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Those who are around you can corrupt your character, or they can improve it and make you better. Jim Rohn, a famous motivational speaker, said this, You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So think of the five people closest to you. Now, if you're married, it's, it's probably your spouse, maybe your kids, it, maybe your coworkers at work. Maybe you spend a lot of time at the gym, so you have that friend that you go to the gym with. Maybe, maybe you're on a team and you spend a lot of time with your, your teammates. Maybe you're in a band or in some kind of group. But what five people are around you the most? Because you are the average of those five people. If you smush them all together, that's you. You may think that you're strong enough to live for God completely without any strong fellowship with strong believers. But we're wrong. That is not true. Let's think about five Bible characters who are strong characters. Let's say you've got King David. Let's say Moses, Paul, Peter. All these people are flawed, but they were strong Christians. Peter, and then let's say John the Baptist. If that was your five, if that was your five friends, imagine how much different your life would look today. Imagine what your Bible reading would be like and your knowledge of the Bible. Imagine what your prayer life would be like. Imagine what it would be like when you walk into a room and you know someone's sick or when you walk into a room and you can tell that someone is is sad or they're down. Imagine what kind of a Christian you would be if those were your five, if that was the five people you spent the most time with and they surrounded you. The power of that fellowship would be able to catapult you to places you'd never imagine with your calling, with your walk with God, 
with your career, with your family, with all these things that we want fixed, we want better, we want to work on, well, the people you fellowship with are going to lead you either to a good path or a bad path in all those scenarios. Let's do the same thing on the flip side. Let's think about five weak characters. I think about Jonah, who even though at the end he did do a good thing, remember he was he was disappointed that those Ninevites repented. So that's that's kind of sad. Think about Samson, lived his whole life basically doing whatever he wanted. Let's think about King Saul. It, it's interesting. I heard it said recently, and, and you you might have heard it too, but. King Saul never worshipped for himself. He always brought someone in. David would come in and worship, play the music, sing. King Saul didn't worship himself. We can't be like that at church. We must worship ourselves. We must stand up and lift our hands and worship ourselves, not putting the worship on the choir, not putting the worship on the saints around us or on the, the pastors. We ourselves must take worship in our own hands. King Saul didn't. Um, how about, let's say, Absalom? How about um, someone else? your pick on the last one. But the point is, this group of five is much more different than the first group that we thought about with Bible characters. So if your five friends are more of a bad company, then you can expect however excellent and good your character is today, it will be corroded and it will be ruined by the end of your life. Because the five people around you need to be provoking you to love and to good works. They need to be exhorting. They need to be emotionally giving you an appeal to do better, to live a better life for the Lord Jesus Christ. They must be encouraging you to attend church. But if you've got five friends who are more like that second group we mentioned, that may not be true. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If you want to make it to heaven with more than one of your lost loved ones coming along, then I encourage you to start finding one good friend. The Great Commission calls us to seek and save the lost. We are not to just simply get by. When we get to heaven, it's not to be by the skin of our teeth or alone, where we slip in and, and Peter says, welcome, you know, great job, and it's just us. When we get to heaven, we want to arrive with a large group, with our whole family, with all of our friends, our work colleagues, our, our students, our, our, those people who were in our neighborhood. We want to arrive with a, a large group of people that we were able to come alongside fellowship with and help them get closer to God, to salvation. So remember, two are better than one. So in this life, you need to have somebody who's your, your second, someone who's your number two. So the 12 disciples, they went out two by two, and they turned the whole world upside down. They had one good friend. Each of them did. And when I say good, I mean someone who's at church every Sunday. I mean someone who doesn't badmouth your pastor or the church. I mean someone who obviously has a walk with God and is willing to talk about Jesus outside of the walls of church with you. You need this one good friend if you want to experience the power of fellowship. If you have this one good friend today, then dig into that relationship. Let that person help you build up in the kingdom of God and get stronger and mightier in Jesus' name. If you do not have that one good friend, seek them out because again, remember five people, those five around you. You need to make those five more like Moses, more like King David, not like Saul, not like Samson. You need five strong friends, but you can start with one today. So today, I want you to start seeking out more power and fellowship. Start praying, reading your Bible, 
so that you can be a Caleb or a Jonathan for someone else. Be at church on Sunday. Encourage others to be there. If you're a young adult, then be at those hyphen events. If you're a reverb student, then be at those youth events. If you're an adult, if you're a parent, then make sure your kids are at church in S&T Kids. Make sure that you're in a life group. We must have the power of fellowship if we want to live this life to the fullest. In Jesus' name. Lord, I plead your blood over this group tonight, today, wherever they are, wherever they're listening. And I pray that they would seek out one good friend, that they would build upon those friendships. Lord God, I pray that they would get closer to you through the power of fellowship, through the attendance on Sundays with the Sabbath, and on our life groups, and on our events, and on even those organic hangouts at coffee shops, or when we just do Bible studies one-on-one together. Lord, when we pray together on Saturdays or in the upper room, let us dig into the power of fellowship so that we can experience all of the great things that you have for us on this earth and in the next life in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.